Sky Radio. 35 years ago, a Scottish filmmaker called Bill Forsyth rounded up a group of kids from the Glasgow Youth Theatre and made a movie about a girl joining the school's soccer team. The movie was called Gregory's Girl and it gained international success with its hilarious portrayal of teenage adolescence. The film is still incredibly popular today and to celebrate the 35 year anniversary of its release I've been chatting to some of the stars of the film all week. Now some of these interviews were recorded via Skype and some were recorded over the phone so there will be some static uh, during some of the interviews, which I apologise for in advance. Uh, in the meantime, here's Colin Tully with the theme to Gregory's Girl.
Okay, we're going to the phone line now to speak to my first special guest. Rab Buchanan played Andy in Gregory's Girl, and he's on the line right now. Hi, Rab. Hi, how you doing, Ross? Rab, tell us about your first introduction to Bill Forsyth and the process of how you got the part in Gregory's Girl. The youth theatre used to meet at the East End of Glasgow in Bridgeton, and like we used to rehearse our own wee shows and things like that. And and one night this guy turned up and uh, the director introduced him as Bill Forsyth and said he's a filmmaker and he wants to make a film with you. And we were sort of aye right yeah that'll be right. But he kept on coming along. Um, he came along every Friday night. We we got to know him really well. He got to know us, and we all became good pals really. And then one night he said he was wanting to make a film. He had been writing this film script and he needed some 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 ideas and you know, some some fresh ideas and things like that. So we started doing improvisations and writing these skits, these sketches and things like that, like the uh, the scene at the clock mm-hmm. where Gordon's waiting for his first date. Yes. That was written by Douglas Sanakin. Oh, for really? a show that the youth theatre did. Uh, and it was a wee sketch called First Date. And there was a, a few other, there was quite a few other wee ideas that, that, that we helped out and we gave to Bill, really. Um, but that, that's that's how it worked, and that's what Bill was like. He had applied for money to the BFI, and they were coming up to, to, to see and meet us, and we had made some videos. Uh, this is 1978. We made some videos, and we, we did some improvisations, and we performed wee sketches for them. And they were saying, oh, that's brilliant. You know, we've had a great time. You're a great bunch of folk. You know, I hope we can help you out. Um, but unfortunately, when it came to it, they couldn't help us out. So um, we didn't get the money for the BFI to do uh, Gregory's Girl. But then he turned around and says, well, look, do you still want to make a film anyway? Because I've got all my filmmaking pals and they're geared up, they're ready to go. And that's when we started uh, working on Sinking Feeling. Right. Um, basically the same ideas. We, we gave them... Um, we, we gave him ideas and we, we did wee sketches and things like that and he went away and he wrote the script which was um, which was pretty good and basically from that he got money to do Gregory's Girl Right My part was written for me Gregory's part was written for Gordon Right uh, Douglas Sanikin's part all, all those young guys all the folk that were in the youth theatre like um, um, Alan Love the photographer uh, Billy Greenlees, um, the, 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 the cook, um, Sani, the girl that changed in the, the phone box, Carolyn. Yes. We were all in the youth theatre and one of these parts were written for us, which was, was, quite, was quite special, really unusual, I guess, as well, you know. Uh, and the same for that sinking feeling, really. Um, we were just giving him ideas and character names and things like that, and wow. he came up with the script. It's so unusual for the cast to have so, so much of an input to the script and it just shows the generosity of Bill as a director. Aye, absolutely. I mean, he, he had been uh, he'd been a documentary filmmaker up until then. Now, seven or eight years ago, I was asked to present Bill with a BAFTA, a Scottish BAFTA award, uh-huh. which I was really pleased about. Um, and I believe that, that what happens is that Whoever receiving a BAFTA, uh, they ask that that person, they ask the recipient who they would like to, to present it to them. And Bill gave them my name and said, I'd like that to do it. Wow. And on the evening when, when, when I gave him the award, what he said was that I was the first actor he ever directed. You know, uh, And 
he says that on the first day, like when he gave me my first lot, uh, lot of direction, I said something like, I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about, but I think I know what you mean. <laughs> Apparently I said something really stupid like that. <laughs> um, I met, <coughs> um, excuse me, uh, Armando Iannucci. Oh, yes. And he says, he says, I remember sitting in a, a wee cinema in Ashton Lane watching that thinking feel and thinking, oh, so you can write funny things in, in, in Glaswegian. I went, that's what I'm going to do. That's incredible, and what an honour um, to have a part written for you, to be to be invited to the BAFTAs to present the award, and then to be told that something you did on screen inspired some of the greatest comedians uh, of the country today. To, Aye, to absolutely, do with absolutely. I work in a music venue, and a couple of years ago they had, um, oh God, I can't remember the guy's name. He, he, he did some programmes on the 80s. It'll come to me. He's, a, he's an English a broadcaster, but, okay. and he's a big fan of Gregory's Girl. Right. He did a night in, in the venue that I worked in, and I went I went through to, to introduce myself and meet him, and he just looked at me and he went, you're joking, I can't believe it. That's you? Oh, God, what's your name again? <laughs> you know, and like he was just, he's, he did a whole programme about Gregory's Girl and stuff in the 80s. He's, he's a big, uh, he was a big fan of the 80s, the 80s music and 80s films and TV and stuff like that. And again, you know, just just uh, meeting him and talking to him, you know, and it was, it's it's really, it always, it always, uh, always surprises me uh, how how well uh, it's actually been received over the years, you know. And um, I was around at my pals a few years ago one night, um and uh, his daughter and her pal were in. And when I walked in, I never noticed that this wee girl just clamped up. And when they left, my mate Simon says, see that wee girl that was there? Her favourite film is Gregory's Girl. You know, and she must have been about 13 or something like that, you know? That's so, incredible. It always amazes me just how uh, how, how well received it's been and how, um, how, how important I think it is to, mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Um, it seems that the older I get, the more I get recognised. I remember you, know? you telling a story about one time you get chased down Socky Hall Street. Aye, they were just drunken guys, a whole team of drunken guys, and one of them recognised us. It was me, Sani, and Caroline Guthrie, and this team of guys recognised us, and um, they started shouting at us, and we sort of moved quickly on, uh, and they were, you know, they were getting faster and faster, you know, and eventually they just started chasing us halfway along Socky Hall Street. I think... You know, one of the things that caused that was it's really it was really really unusual at the time to hear a Scottish accent on the screen, especially something as silly as Gregory's Girl. If you forgive me, um, but I mean that in the respect of the only other stuff that you had seen Scottish film or Scottish TV was Peter McDougall stuff. You know, just a boys' game, Elephant's Graveyard, yes, any of these things that were just you know it was all about the violence. You know. Uh, and I think that's how initially Sinkfield did really well, and and laterally Gregory's Girl because they were there was no mention of violence in it. It was all just really gentle, really silly observations on people, but it worked an absolute treat, you know. But I think because it was quite unusual to hear Scottish accents on the TV at the time, that made a big difference. I mean, I think that the it's something that the Scottish film industry needs more of is films like Gregory's Girl because it's just it seems to be that. There's not enough feel-good comedy films from from, from Scotland. 
And, and yeah, absolutely right. And when you look at the sitcoms that are on just now, are, there's some great talent out there. Um, that Scott Squad, which is on at the moment, is just fantastic. There's some, some really yeah. funny actors in Scotland. There's a massive, there's a massive talent up here. Um, when we did think to McGregory's girl, the biggest thing we did, I think, was give uh, the Scottish film industry a good kick up the jacksie. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think. Uh, Britain in general, I think, needed that kick at that point, but definitely Scotland, because there was nothing happening but the TV stuff, you know, the Peter McDougall stuff and things like that. So that was really that was really important for that point of view, you know. And, it, it, you know, it was great for Bill, who was known as a documentary filmmaker, and all his pals um, that, 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 that were, uh, like, cameramen or sound guys or, or lighting guys or whatever, they, they wanted to do something as well, you know. And now some of these guys, like Mick Coulter, who was the cinematographer on St. Fionn and, and Gregory's Girl, you know, he's doing stuff in Hollywood all the time. You know, all these guys, most of these guys are doing really well yeah. elsewhere, just not in Scotland, you know. Have you completely retired from acting, or would you go back to it if the right role came along? I'd, I'd go back to it like a shot. You know, I get... Um, I, I'd, I'd love to be doing more acting. The last thing I did was... Uh, Fast Romance with Carter. Yes. Um, that was that was the last bit of acting I did. Anything else that I've done since then has been, you know, film festivals going and having a chat about uh, Gregory's girl or thinking mm-hmm. feeling and stuff like that, which is great fun. I, mean, I really like that. I really enjoyed doing that, you know. Um, but no, I, I tried a couple of years ago to get an agent um, and there was a girl involved with... St. Fionn and Gregory's girl who now runs an agency and Bill Forsyth says, get in touch with her, you know, let her know that, what you're wanting to do. So I did contact her and I had a chat with her and she said, well, I'd happy, happily bandy your name about, but I can't even get work for my own clients, you know. Right. So that sort of fizzled out, unfortunately. I'd love to go back to it. You know, so you're available. You're available if the right role comes I'm, along. I'm available. If anybody's looking, I'm available. And I'm cheap. So you have a bottle of iron brew and a fish supper. There you are. I'm quite happy for a couple of hours, you know. <laughs> uh, now, did you ever see the international version of Gregory's Girl with the dubbed voices? Yes, I did. What did, yes, you, I did. What, what did you think of your replacement voice? Um, not a lot. I think I put it off after <laughs> a couple of minutes, you know. Uh, there was no, really there was no point in watching it, you know, because um, it, it changed it changed the whole it changed everything about the dialogue, you know. It made really funny things not funny at all. Right, that's why I um, can't watch it with the dubbed voices for exactly that reason. Yeah, well, I mean, they did the same with thinking feeling as well. Oh, did they? Uh, no, well, uh, maybe maybe ten years ago now, maybe a wee bit a wee bit more. Um, they brought out a DVD, a sinking feeling, and it was a company put out by a company called Two Entertain, which is part of the BBC World Service. Right. right. So they had no excuse for it. You know, if you buy a movie nowadays, you've got um, you've you've got language options. Mm-hmm. There was nothing like that on it. It was a DVD, and it was a dubbed version of that sinking feeling. And everybody but one person I know that bought it took it back. You know, so eventually they recalled them. They just took them off the market. Right. And the the Rick, Ricky DeMarco um, did this big big rant in the Daily Record about it, saying how disgraceful it was to be, you know, such an iconic piece of art. He called it being an artist, um, 
and and doing and and really it's abusing it like that. Um, absolutely right. But apparently the company who are part of the BBC World Service or Worldwide Service it said, well, it was for the American market. No. I'm sorry, but I'm sure uh, there were more people in one street in Glasgow would want to buy it than the whole of America. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Um, that was really disappointing. But a couple of years ago, um, the BFI, they, 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 they reissued it. Um, they restored it, the original soundtracks and things like that, which is absolutely brilliant because without thinking to them, if you're listening and you go and watch it after this, turn it up loud and listen really carefully. Because when I go to these film festivals and they ask me, that sometimes I get asked what what I watch, what I like about the films now. And when I'm when I watch Thinking Feeling nowadays, um, I, I'm I'm remembering what's happening off camera, you know. And mm-hmm. there are some bits uh, and in the background where you can hear people just pissing themselves laughing. Really? You know, and that's just members of the cast or the crew just, you know, having a laugh at what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, from start to finish and think feeling, I've got, I've got a big grin on my face. I'm just smiling all the way through it, you know. It's really good like that. You know, there's lots, obviously, being in it makes a difference, you know, but it, it evokes loads and loads of memories. Yes. And I'm, I'm remembering what's happening behind the camera at this point or who's, Who's away doing what at that, you know? And sometimes when I've watched it, I've thought, well, there's not a bad bit of acting going on in there, you know? Yes. So there is, there, there, there's, there's some acting going on in there. It's no all um, silly situations and, you know, daft dialogue. There's a fair wee bit of acting goes on, which always surprises me. Uh, and if I watch Gregory's Girl movies, it's really weird. Remember the cho- the Children's Film Foundation movies with yes, Keith Chegwin? Yes, I do, yes. I keep, I keep expecting Keith Chegwin to jump out to behind a bush or something like that every time I watch it now. Because um, <laughs> they used to turn movies like that out for the British Film Foundation. I know what you mean. Um, obviously, obviously not as good as Gregory's Girl, but it's just one of these things. And again, it, it, sort of makes, it makes me smile, you know? Yeah. And and it's funny because we were talking about the 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 dubbed voices in in, in countries like America, and this is an international radio show. We are going out worldwide, so there'll be a few Americans tuning in. I know there's a few American fans of the sh- of the of the film, uh, so they're going to be totally surprised when all the actors come on the show and talk in their own native voices. They're going to think, "Who the hell is well, that? Well, Who's that?" Any of the American <laughs> friends listening, you know, if you're putting it on at a film festival. Give us a shout. I am brewing a fish supper and I'll be there in a shot. Look at that. He's going to go, he'll come to America. That's a must. We must set that up. Now, um, how did the success of the film change your life, Rab? What was life like for you at that um, time? Well, it, it, never, it never really changed my life. I mean, I, I, I got recognised. I remember um, the first time that sinking feeling was shown on, on TV, it was BBC Two's Film of the Week in 1981, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Or oh, no, 80. I was working in Cumberland at the time. It was a Sunday night, and I remember going to the shop the next day, you know, on Monday morning, uh, and it was like these scenes that you see in, in the Westerns where, you know, they go into the saloon and everybody stops and looks at them. And that's exactly what happened. I went in for a pint of milk and something, you know, and I walked in and it was silence. 
where he's staring at me. You know, with our mouths wide open. Uh, and it was like, uh, pint of milk, please. Got the milk, paid for it. And these people were just, they couldn't say anything. You know, their, their, their jaws were were dropped, you know. Um, <laughs> and how did you really feel? How, how did that make you feel? Um, well, when I got outside and thought about it, it made me feel really good. It was just a wee bit strange at the time, you know. <clears throat> but, I, I mean, I got more and more recognised, which is great. Which is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great feeling when people recognise you. And some people um, <clears throat> just want to say hello. Oh, how you doing? Oh, oh you were in that Gregory's girl. Absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Other people want to have a chat about it, you know. Um, and, and they might, you know, like I've had a few folks saying, oh, hi, how you doing? Oh, it's great to see you. I like your work, you know, or I follow your work and things like that. So that sets the conversation at a different level. Sure. You know, and I've, I've got, I think I've got about three three or four really good pals uh, that I met through them recognising us, you know. So I'm not averse to um, to making friends out yet, you know. I've, as I say, I've got a couple of really good pals and that and I'm just friendly with them purely because they stopped us in the street wow. to recognise us and, and chat to us. And it turns into a big long chat and then you end up going for a pint or yeah. a coffee or whatever. Yeah. You know, so I've got a couple of really good pals that I would never have as pals if they hadn't recognised us and walked up to us in the street. And it's, it's a great feeling. The night they, in Glasgow when they showed the 30th anniversary, at the end of it, we all went round the corner to a pub and there was me, Gordon, Sani, uh, Carmen Guthrie was there, um, Tony Whitmore that played the reporter in in. And yes, Gordon, yeah. There's quite a few years in this pub and there was music going on. And at the end of the guy's song, um, the guy stopped and says, listen, I don't know if you realise this, but we've got most of the cast of Gregory's girls in here. You know, and we got a big a big round of applause and things like that and we got a free drink. Brilliant. You know? Next time you get into a pub, there'll Absolutely. be a can, can of Iron Brew sitting in the bar. Aye, and, and, and of course, um, the, the thing about Iron Brew is that they uh, declined to sponsor uh, that sinking feeling. That's why at the end of sinking feeling, there's a wee dig when we talk about breaking into the iron brew factory and filling up a tanker and driving it to Spain. <laughs> I you love know. it. That was, just, it was just a wee dig at Iron Brew. But having said that, um, Paddy Hickson, who was one of the producers on Sink and Feeling, uh-huh. um, she ran Black Cat Studios over in the East End of Glasgow. Uh-huh. And you remember uh, Halfway to Paradise, it was called. Um, it was an arts programme. Uh, it, was, it was either Channel 4 or STV. Um, it, was, it, was qu- it was quite a popular, it was, quite, um, it was really well done, you know. Um, but they had me in uh, doing a, a piece about Iron Brew because Black Cat hmm. Studios were opposite the, the main factory in Glasgow. Uh-huh. So they had me doing this thing about trying to find the secret of Iron Brew. So I was in the factory talking to, you know, interviewing folk sneaking about, getting into the boardroom and things like that, but I never did discover the, the secret of brew. I've got one last question for you, Rab. Um, the, the question you probably get asked most often, do you have a favourite line from Gregory's Girl? A favourite line from Gregory's Girl? It could um, be one of your own, it could be somebody else's. That's you... a difficult one because I, I had all the best lines, you know. Uh, that's a hard one. It might be... The tits bum fanny the lots um, line. I've got people wandering along the street and they'll point at me and they'll go, Oh, tits bum fanny the lots! 
we did one of these uh, did a wee film festival a couple of years ago down in uh, Ayrshire and the guy um, that was interviewing me gave me a t-shirt and it says Tits Bum Fan of the Law on it so I wore it to work the next day uh, and everybody laughed at the management and they said mm, no you can't wear that to work Rob I'm sorry so that that may well be my, my, my favourite line Tits Bum <laughs> Fan of the Law Listen Rob it's always a pleasure chatting to you Not a problem any time Ross Thanks, Rob. No worries. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Ross.